Okay, folks. Well, I don't know where to start. Mike is in the room for this one where he was not here last time, unfortunately. But, folks, I don't even know what to say. What a gutsy performance. What an unbelievable effort by C.J. Wiltshire, by Jawan Gary on the boards, by Fred coaching that comeback, by Sam Hoiberg and Alec getting on the floor. I mean, loose ball effort, heart. I, I don't even know what to say, Mike. I, I'm still in shock. Yeah, no, it's it was incredible. I It was a nightmare start. We can talk about how great the game was, but let's be honest, that start was a goddamn nightmare, okay? Like, uh, you never want to use your timeouts that early. Uh, I was joking that Greg Gard called a timeout when they were up, like, 15 or 14 because we went on, like, a 4-0 run, and he just wanted to stop the bleeding. I was like, well, damn, they're still up 14. Uh, but yeah, nightmare start. I, you already said it. You got to give props to CJ Wilchard. But I mean, the dude single-handedly carried us back to this fucking game. The way his, his shooting, he went, I, I believe he went seven for 10 from the field and five of seven from three. If I remember right, I looked at the box score earlier. Um, let me just, yeah, seven to 10 from the field, five to seven from three. He made all three of his free throws. I mean, that might be the most efficient 22 points you will ever see the dude is i hear a lot of people saying he needs to start personally i think he's great off the bench though so i what what say you well here's the thing and i want to keep this positive at mo, at, in the majority of this because the live reactions folks they're pure bliss this is pure happiness we say not too high not too low but that's a midnight deadline ladies and gentlemen we get to be excited today <laughs> there's no limits when the clock strikes midnight we're back to even killed as best we can but i think the hidden hero in this game has to be Bryce Williams making every single free throw late in that game yeah. to steal this thing. Yeah. Every single one. And you actually, if you paid very close attention, you could see that before his very first free throw, when we were in the single bonus there, he actually took a step back, gathered his breath, looked around, took control of the situation, took some deep breaths, and made the shots as he needed to. And that is so, so ice cold. And that is the steady presence that I think Bryce Williams has always been has held the ideology of this team in being that, you know, you don't want to say James Harden necessarily, but the same personality of the James Harden, the quiet confidence that I'm going to make shots when yeah. I need to, right? I mean, I get look up and down the floor, masked, hit a step back three again. Is that apparently, in his bag? Apparently it's in his bag. That's, yeah, I, and this time it was, the, the previous one was a step back to the left. This was a step back to the right with his right hand. Uh, and I just, what a shot to tie the game down the stretch. I was yelling, no, 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 and then it went in, so I guess it makes a bad shot a good shot. I'm not <laughs> sure that's the quality of shot you want, but what a what an incredible shot. He had, I think he ended up with 20, I think, if I remember, right? Yeah, let me look at Mast had, yeah, 20. We talked about Wilcher already. Yeah, Bryce Williams was 17 because he's just draining, draining it from the line. It was, um, obviously, it's a team effort coming back from that type of deficit, I'm just wondering what happened in the locker room uh, at halftime because the team looked completely different coming out of the locker room in the second half. Yeah, and, and you know, um, I was sitting at halftime. First of all, I apologize. The tweets this game weren't as effective as they were hoping to be because that Wi-Fi at PBA totally collapsed. It's, so, yeah, it's, it's tough when it's packed. You got 15,000 people trying to, trying to get on the Wi-Fi. It's not great. It was, that was a tough one to tweet. But we got – folks, we got the important one. They played – Sandstorm. Sandstorm yes. They played a sandstorm. And folks, 
like we'll take a little bit of the credit, but at the end of the day, it was you guys. And it was you guys sending the emails, you know, backstory. I send my email about getting this changed way back in like November or December or whatever. And we talked about it a long time of like, we need to find the right moment to send this out and try to get some momentum on this. And if you guys recall, I think I said in the Iowa uh, preview episode, like I will have this out by the end of the week. Well, I did not have it out at the end of the week, but we could not have timed it any better. And folks, what an unbelievable setting that was no. when they played Sandstorm. Yeah. Un-freaking yeah. believable. No, it was, and it was at the perfect time. It was, I think we went on a run there and it was the under 12 in the second half. So it's an extended break. You know, they're going to TV timeout. It's going to be a long one. And they played it and it kept every single person in the arena on their feet and locked into the game and ready to continue to cheer on the Spurs when the game started again. And the, oh, it was I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. It was so exciting. I know you were losing your shit. I was losing my shit. I think everybody was because it was just the perfect, perfect timing for it. So shout out to the people in charge of that. Absolutely credit to our community for the emails and, and getting it out there and getting it heard. Apparently the message was loud and clear because it was ecstatic. And again, I cannot stress enough. We may have started the movement, but every single one of you guys that sent that email got this done. Yeah. I tried it myself. It didn't work. Mike tried it himself. It didn't work. It was you guys that yeah. got that done. So yeah. I want to thank each and every single one of you for adding to that experience and taking the 60 seconds to get that done. Because with you, we, we changed a small portion of Nebraska basketball and all of you should pat yourself on the back for that. Absolutely. I, I I'm not going to say it won us the game by any means, but to, to keep the crowd in it, we know how big of a factor the crowd is at PBA. Obviously we we don't lose at home, frankly, unless you're creating, but we don't talk about that. We never lose at home. No, we, we that December 3rd didn't happen. No, it, it just to keep the crowd locked in. It, I don't know the, the way this team plays at home, the way the crowd was, I mean, the, you'll attest to it. I'm going to say the crowd was dead in the first half and you can't really blame them. They're getting blown out. Right. Um, especially the way the half ended two lazy passes, Chucky Hepburn gets a couple easy buckets. Um, but but the way the crowd immediately, when we got on a little bit of a run, we start cutting into it. We get get we you know we get 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 cutting into that. I was up on my feet. I saw you up trying to get people to stand up, and the crowd reacts to that. It really does. So it and the funny thing is, it starts you know it's just me or you. But then if you're standing up and yelling, you get a couple people around you, and then it's a couple people around them, and it just spreads. And it's so fascinating what a difference it makes. It really is. And it was pretty neat. I had very good seats, compliments of uh, connections. It's not what I know, folks. Thankfully, it's who I know. But uh, I actually, I think I got a TV promo somewhere in there. <laughs> I have over 100 text messages sitting on my phone that I have not even looked at <laughs> or opened yet. We have a billion Twitter replies. I haven't even looked at them yet. We've just been... I'll be totally honest with you. We went to have a drinking party with our friends for 20 minutes. So that was the slight yeah. delay yeah. because that's the kind of moment. And again, guys, not to get too emotional with all this or whatever, but like, this is why we do this. This is exactly for every single one of you listening to this live and every single one of you that will listen to this tomorrow. This is why we do this because we wanted to share and create a forum for all Nebraska ball diehards to enjoy this experience with us because I felt, and Mike felt the same, that this kind of forum did not exist prior to us, and not that we're a savior or anything, but this kind of forum did not exist in Nebraska basketball fandom 
until we got this community started. And again, yeah. none of this even happens without any of y'all. So no. again, like I'm just so thankful for everybody who listens to every single episode and tunes in and interacts with the Twitter. And it makes this so fun. So I think that about covers everything we need to talk about. Um, what an amazing game. We'll go to you guys. If you would like to request to speak, go on to your Twitter app. Again, we haven't done this since Purdue, so I'm a little rusty, but I think you can request to speak, and we'll just try to go in order. We'll probably take a couple uh, that want to speak. So go on to there and request to speak, and if we get anybody, we'll uh, we'll go live to whoever requests. So um, also want to give a live shout-out to uh, uh, Power Husker, who I bumped into at halftime and was wearing the sweatshirt. Of all places, I never expected to run into somebody that was wearing our sweatshirt in the club section yeah, <laughs> never yeah. in my life so that was super cool and uh i'll make sure i post that picture on twitter again our we're flooded with all kinds of stuff right now but uh again if you want to speak make sure that you throw something in there looks like uh evan weekland requested so evan we will uh shoot i gotta remember how to do this oh okay evan unmute your mic you are live what did you think of this game tonight well, first of all, just like you guys end with, thank you for this podcast, and thanks to the other fans, too. All the interaction makes this just so much fun <clears throat> for everybody. Um, all I was going to say, though, was um, I share this because I'm sure I'm not alone. I am usually an eternal optimist. I'm going to shout out uh, Connor Houston, who's another um, pretty active listener. He has a fantastic tweet that I think he put out at about halftime that he just absolutely blew up at our at our performance and all sorts of stuff. But I did kind of the same thing. I texted my dad and said, uh, hey, this game's over. Usually I don't do that. Um, and at least when I've done that, I've never been wrong. It's very rare that I do that, but usually <laughs> I'm not wrong about it. I am so happy to eat my words right now. Give them all back to me. I will swallow them forever. Um, but uh, you also mentioned what happened at halftime. The uh, players actually mentioned in the postgame press conference, they've never seen Fred more loud or livid in their entire lives. And apparently it worked. So um, that's all I got for you guys. But again, thanks for everything you're doing. Absolutely. Really appreciate, uh, really appreciate you joining us, Evan. Um, what an unbelievable experience. Again, I mean, i sorry, we're kind of flipping around with the buttons here. There we go. Um, you know, I, and again, I just, this is just such a night of, of thank you to Nebraska basketball. If you can hear me, Nebraska basketball, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Because this has been so miserable for so long. But uh, again, guys, like we do it because we love the interaction, like views and subscribers and all that stuff. Be damned. We do it because we just love this forum to share yeah. thoughts with everybody. And that's seriously what makes this so fun. So, um, okay. It looks like Peyton Schroeder wants to speak. So we'll get him in here. God, I'm so bad with technology. Okay, Peyton, you are live. What do you think about the game tonight? Uh, I'm at a loss for words. I know I, it's going to be hard to even speak on the game. I, I've never been at a game where the atmosphere was that crazy ever in my life. And I, especially one thing I want to point out, two things. Uh, one thing I've noticed that the team can't really do on the road, but they proved tonight is battling when they're down by double digits. The, this is proves that this team has heart, has effort, and can and is capable of winning games this is a gutsy win by everybody and i especially want to point out sam hoiberg who had like three steals and three turnovers on the other end of the court putting nebraska to get drives together that's going to go unnoticed but that kid played with a lot of heart today which so did everybody else this was a team effort but i really want to point out that sam hoiberg but this is just a gutsy win all around thank you Peyton. and and again i think it's so important that we talk about 
to his point, the team showed some resolve. How many times have we seen us build a big lead to totally collapse? Look at Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, look at Rutgers. look at Rutgers, right? Look at uh, even Maryland. We led by what eight or nine early, early and on. totally collapsed. This was so much different. And granted, it was at home, so there's a little bit of a different dynamic there. But what about Fred Hoiberg going in there and talking to his team and saying, "Guys, I'm sick of it. It's time to get tough." And they apparently, from what we heard had a bunch of really tough practices. They built some toughness. And again, and I texted you personally on this because, you know, we were talking about what this could mean for this team. And at some point, getting tougher and being tougher can't just be lip service. You have to do something about it, right? And Fred, when he said he crumpled that paper and threw it into the trash, I think that was our most interactive tweet with ever. <laughs> like, it resonated with the fans because that's what we want. We want a team that's tough, that's going to fight back, that's going to dig out of a hole. And this team finally showed that they can do that. Yeah, I, I mean, the it, it absolutely does have to take heart. I don't know. I feel like they came out flat on both ends, and I think the start that anybody watched can attest to that. I don't know if those tough practices, I'm not going to speculate. I Look, trust me, Coach Hoiberg knows much more than I do about his players and what they can handle in practice. It was what I was worried about was coming out flat. I don't even care at this point because the way they responded down the stretch, I, I noticed it right before the start of the second half. I, you know, I thought the energy was down, but right before Wisconsin inbounded the ball, Jamarcus Lawrence pulled the five guys together. They had a little huddle. He talked to them. They got together. He clapped his hands. They got, they got some emotion going. Um, and really – the, the, the difference between the first half and second half to me was on the defensive end. We can talk about, you know, they came out shooting lights out. They, you know, they weren't missing a shot, whatever. AJ Store had an amazing game. But they were getting high-quality, wide-open looks on the offensive end. And we came back in the second half, and we put, our, we put the clamps on them. I think I saw a stat in the postgame. In the second half in OT, our bench outscored them 25-0. to zero. Like – uh, that's just the, t the total defensive effort that we gave in the second half. Just incredible. I'm, we're looking at the post game here. I think at one point at halftime there, what it gave them Wisconsin had a 96% chance to win uh, according to ESPN. I mean, 98% chance to win at one point for them. So it for all the people that said this one's over, it is, it is what it is. I was right there with you, but God, it's great to see this team dig and just fight and, and give it their all. And you know what? Even when they did cut into the lead a little bit and then Wisconsin went on a little run and I said it to my buddy that I was sitting with, well, shit, we did all that work. Now we're down, you know, eight again and we got to restart. But they responded. They didn't fucking stop. And they just kept bringing it on the defensive end, getting stops and securing rebounds and finishing those possessions. And how much of a difference is having Jawan Garrett oh on the God. boards? Are you kidding me? Yeah. That guy is a monster yeah. on the glass. Yeah. He has, I swear it looks like he has a seven-yard bird. It's unbelievable. It's, the, the way he elevates and... He loves I and I don't I don't love it personally, but he loves to go up with one hand and snag that thing and bring it down. I prefer a two-handed rebound personally, but like fundamentals here on right. the Starless uh, <laughs> But but the way he elevates and I think his positioning's really good. I think we needed him a lot. Shout out to Katie Coyle who liked our Sandstorm tweet. <laughs> How about that, folks? It comes full circle. Not to interrupt. Continue your thoughts. No, I, I just I was just saying, you know, I think obviously his re I think we still got out rebounded, but just having him back makes such a, such a difference. Um, I'm going to, you know, if anybody listens to this, they know I love my little historical tidbits. So I'm just going to toss two, two at you real quick. Um, Huskers tonight came back from 19 points down, which ties the largest comeback in our Big Ten history first. 
And second off, Nebraska has now two wins, multiple wins over top six opponents for the first time since the 1957-1958 season. So um, I love my little historical facts and that 57-58. Are you kidding me? We're talking about nearly 70 years since the Huskers have beat two top six teams. Guys, we are experiencing a season I mean, this that is a has historic, historical. It's historic, historical what we're doing right historic, now. Historic season, no matter how you want to put it. You know, I obviously this win does a lot for our bracket changes and our chances to go dancing. Whatever happens in the postseason, this has been a historic team. This is a team I think everybody should be proud of in the way that Fred has made this team. The big, the pickups from the portal, the guys that we have here, the way CJ Wilcher has developed his game. I mean, can we give props to CJ Wilcher? Not even, not even. Obviously, the threes are incredible, but his mid-range game, the way he's cutting off the ball, I think his game is just elevated to another level, and I think that shows on the court. I mean, outside of Casey last February when he exploded. I don't know that I've seen in my, obviously now we're talking like 10 to 12 years of basketball history. So Ty Lue and all that obviously doesn't count for me. Like, I don't remember seeing a more confident shooter in Nebraska's, in my Nebraska fandom in ever. Like every time he releases the ball, you think, you think it's going in. Yeah. Yeah. When we're, we're chipping away in the second half there and he shot from the first national bank logo with 25 <laughs> seconds left on the clock. And that was a bad shot. And... <laughs> There's and a it, heat check in there. That's Stop a, the heat checks. Unless they go in. <laughs> unless it's they not, go it's in. It's not a bad shot if it goes in, right? But <laughs> I literally went, oh, my. And then it went in. So uh, he's got the ultimate green light right now. What a what a freaking performance from the guy. Jeremiah Luber requested to speak. So it looks like we'll try to get him in here. All right, Jeremiah, uh, unmute your mic. What did you think of the game tonight? Share your thoughts. Um, Like you guys said, what an unbelievable win. And. All of us, I think, if we would say that we still thought Nebraska had a chance uh, starting the second half, we'd be kidding ourselves. But um, Wilcher's the easy hero, and, man, was he unbelievable. But I thought Williams and Mast, they they played terrible first halves, and they'd probably say it themselves. But, man, those guys were absolute nails in the second half. They made shot after shot after shot. Um, That was awesome to see. Uh, You guys said earlier today in your pod that, Wisconsin, I think you guys said, had the fourth-ranked offensive efficiency in the country. Mm-hmm. And we held a team like that to 29 points in the last 25 minutes of game time. Just absolutely incredible defense, which we all kind of talked about as the key. And I thought you saw Jawan Gary, his length. He, he shut down stores in the second half, who is absolutely killing us to start. Um, I think it's a huge positive, but maybe a, a question – for the future is that we did this without hardly any contribution from Casey. Uh, I think that's impressive for our other guys to step up, but we're going to need him down the stretch at some point. And then um, I, I like to ask this one too. Do you think this win is more, do any of you guys think this win's more impressive than Purdue just in the way that we had to win against a team who never loses like this? Yeah, thanks, Jeremiah. I really appreciate you tuning into the show and citing uh, our episode. That, that's that's good stuff. He's doing, right his doing, doing yeah, the homework. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Um, I'll go first, Mike, and then I'll let you have it. We were actually talking on the walk back to our recording studio, a.k.a. my apartment. Um, do we have, not a case a problem, but we have a bit of a conversation to have now, and we'll probably touch on this when we record tomorrow for our full episode, but Casey come came into the, the game, I want to say, like early second half at some point, and he, 
I hate to say it, but he looked lost. He he got blown away. He lost his defensive assignment. We ended up, I think, giving up back-to-back threes. It was six minutes left in the game. Six minutes left in the game. I apologize. Yeah. You gave up back-to-back threes. And Klesman, by the way, went off for 11 straight. Like, Jesus, here we go again. You mentioned it. He went off for yeah, 11 what he does. Whatever, I mean, it's what he does. Right? Yeah. In the episode earlier. But um, Casey is just really, really struggling on defense. And I don't think it's lack of effort. I don't think it's lack of intelligence. But just call it what it is. And And – Look, folks, I had a front row seat when he was sitting in the corner no more than two feet away from me. The guy is not 6'2", okay? I'm 5'10", the guy is not 6'2". I'm just telling you right now, I stood right by the guy. And again, it's not that he's not trying, but it's just, it's such a bad matchup when he doesn't have a ton of muscle, he doesn't have a ton of body mass. Obviously, he's quick and agile, those types of things, but he's just, if he's not going to score 15 points for you, he's going to have a bad plus minus because he just gives up a little bit too much on the defensive end. So... I forget what the first part of of his question uh, was. More impressive win. More impressive year. win. We talked about this on the way back uh, to the studio, aka my apartment as well. I was at the Purdue game. I were you at the Purdue game? I was not. You were not. I was at the Purdue game as well. Now part of this is because I had much better seats, and I try to take that out of the equation as best I can. But this win, in my mind, was so much more enjoyable for two reasons. Number one, the fact that you pointed out, obviously. This one was more important because based on what we had left in our schedule, our Q1 opportunities are starting to slim down drastically, right? So as it sits right now, we have Illinois on the road, obviously the next game. We have Northwestern on the road who almost beat Purdue on at Mackey Arena. So that's going to be obviously a very difficult one. And then I think as we sit today, Ohio State is a quad one win. Now they are playing like dog right now. So I don't know if that will remain a quad one. So I'm operating in the idea that our next two games are our last two quad one opportunities. And we had talked about, I think at the end of that last episode that we recorded, you need to find a way to win one of the next three. And now we got it. Now, unfortunately it was the home game. So we're still dealing with those road issues. Right. And I get that, but I don't care about that right now. For now, we won the game that we needed to win. We got one of our three, as we talked about, right? So now, what does that mean? The next two games turn into pseudo-lottery tickets. If you win one of the next two, all of a sudden, you beat expectations. If you beat expectations and you take care of business through the last third of the the schedule with home games like Penn State, like Michigan, like, I'm trying to think who else comes in, Minnesota, Minnesota. right? They're all bottom half teams of the Big Ten. If you take care of business at home the rest of the way, you will be in the tournament. It's that simple, guys. That's the formula. Try to win one of these next two lottery tickets. Try not to overreact. I speak this to everybody. Try not to overreact if we lose to these next two games, right? These are obviously very difficult. But to answer your question, this one meant more to me than Purdue because Purdue was obviously a special moment, right? You go back historical, hadn't beat a number one team since Missouri and all that kind of thing. But this one was so, so, so important because we don't have to win one of the next two anymore. Obviously, you want to, but you don't have to necessarily anymore. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's tough. It's tough, right? Uh, was beating the number one team or the number six team more important to your season? Obviously, they're both incredibly important. Those are both going to be high quad one, if not quad one A, top of the, you know, cream of the crop wins, right? I think I have to tend to agree with you on this one where where we're at in our schedule probably makes this one more important, right? We're coming down to the final stretch here. We got about a month left. I think, you know, our last game's early March, March. I can't remember the exact date, but, you know, we just started February. We got about a month left in the season here. As you'd mentioned, our quad one opportunities, we don't have a lot left in our schedule. So when you're in the bubble conversation, as we were kind of trending there, you know, with this loss to Maryland, kind of trending towards this bubble conversation, 
you need to win a big game because you don't have that many left because these other bubble teams, if you're talking about some of these other bubble teams, they're probably, they're going to have some more quad one opportunities, especially any of those in the big 12, obviously that, or, or if you're talking about big East, you know, some of the top ranked conferences, they're going to have a lot more quad one opportunities than we are down the stretch. So we had to absolutely have one of these three, as we mentioned. So having this is a huge win. I don't want to speak on the team's mentality. Obviously, I talked on that before the Maryland game and thought they felt locked in and all this stuff. I think this win, I hope it means a lot to the guys to be able to dig back and prove to themselves that they can win a tough game like that. Um, yeah, so that that's my thought on that. As far as Kase goes, yeah, if he's not scoring, he just doesn't bring a whole lot to the team, which is hard. Hard to say. I mean, obviously, he brings spacing on the floor, which helps other people on offense uh, in general. But on the defensive end, yeah, I, I, you know, he came in with six minutes left. Wilcher was going nuclear in the second half, but he needed a blow because he's been in the whole half. So Casey comes in, gives up two wide open threes to Klesmit. Fred calls a timeout, and then Wilcher's back on the floor because we just can't afford that at that time. So it's tough. Um, as Jeremiah had mentioned, it's a, nice to see other people. When he doesn't have a good night, I think he went one for seven is all. When he doesn't have a good night, it's nice to see – that the team can come together and win. Obviously we needed 20 from mass and 20 from CJ, but to have, to have other shooters that can do it, obviously if we can have case a contribute more, that's always a good thing. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not going to say we have a case a problem. I'll stick by the fact that I think he's our best pure shooter on the team. CJ will just give him a run for his money currently, but I think case body of work is probably better in over the course of his career. Anyways, um, I have no doubt that Case Hale will shoot great. I was kind of worried about this coming in. I saw a lot of tweets today about it being his birthday and everybody think he's going to go nuclear and all this stuff. And to me, that was going to go either one of two ways. He was going to put up a lot of bad shots. Force it. He's going to force a lot of shots to try to get his because it's his birthday, which I honestly didn't feel like he did a lot of that. Not really. He had a lot of good looks that just weren't falling, which is tough. And that's how it goes sometimes. Or he was going to force up shots and they were going to go in and he's going to go off. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Fortunately, we had enough scoring to win the game anyway. So, Yeah, and, and again, if you guys want to share your thoughts, make sure you request to speak on there. It looks like we have, shoot, almost like 20 people in here. So um, if anybody wants to, because we'll post this live uh, tomorrow morning to listen back to on uh, obviously our podcast app. But if you want to speak, make sure you request to speak and we will uh, get you in here to share your thoughts. So just make sure you request. And I don't know, I've never been on the other side of the space thing, so I don't really know how it works. But if you want to, find that request button and, and we'll listen to you. It looks like... Uh, Ben Becker wants to speak. We'll add you in here, Ben. Uh, lead good. the way. Wait, what do you think of the game tonight, Ben? Unbelievable. I uh, I have to admit, I practically gave up hope. Um, I've been kind of one of those C.J. Wiltshire haters through the years, too. But holy cow, is he coming to play this year? He kept us in the game. Um, and then until everybody could kind of gather themselves enough, I really do think we had dead legs that whole first half. I was ready to curse Fred and think, you know, what'd you do? Run them into the ground. And then it's just everybody dug in. And that's what's uh, that's what made me so happy for the team and the guys to that they just dug in and mass made plays. Uh, Sam Hoiberg just brought the energy all night long. Um, it was fun to watch Blake storm the court yet again. And uh, I hope all those <laughs> women and children are OK because they went down pretty hard when Blake pushed them. Yeah, did we have a did we have a Caitlin Clark incident with Blake? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was some flopping going on out there too. But it's nice to <laughs> it's nice to see the you guys that are championing this being the first ones out there uh, 
storming the court. But I sure hope uh, that we don't end up storming the court all the time when we have these big wins, that it becomes regular enough that we don't have to. But good job, champion, this team, you guys. Um, what a great win. I'm still in shock. I think Blake said that at the beginning. Like, it just feels like it didn't even happen. It looks so bleak. I just... We turned up the D with those dead legs, and I, I I, really do think the crowd brought it, too. I think I could see Wisconsin getting overwhelmed a little bit, and they made a few really uncharacteristic uh, turnovers. Um, and so great job by the crowd bringing it. Appreciate it, Ben. Thank you for uh, adding into what we're doing tonight. This is one of my favorite things to do ever, by the yeah, way, these live reactions. We this. try to keep it special. Obviously, we try to uh, – Make sure that we don't saturate the, the Scarlet Shooter Round market with too many, <laughs> too much content. But we love doing this. This is so fun. And to his point, the dead legs in the first half. And again, I think part of it, obviously, Wisconsin shoots lights, lights. And it seems to be a trend, by the way. If there was a first four bet on like Bovada or somewhere out there on like the other team minus anything, I would be a rich, rich man right now because every single game, it seems like we start out with a total dud. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it feels that way to me. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Maryland, we started out hot. Well, and then we melted. Fair, fair, fair. fair but fair. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I do want to speak to what you said. I think, the, and I think I might have already said it before, but the biggest difference was just the defense and the intensity the guys brought on the defensive end. That's a hyper-efficient offense. We saw it. We talked about how slow their pace is, too. In that second half, there were multiple times where they were going down to five seconds to shoot. We had a couple shot clock violations. I don't know if they were called necessarily because we had a turnover. And as he mentioned, I think when the crowd is getting into it, I remember, uh, I think it might have been Klesmet trying to pass it forward to, I don't know who if it was, I don't know who exactly it was, but the guy wasn't even looking. He probably called his name, probably couldn't even hear it. And the ball just bounces out of bounds. They had two two or three turnovers like that where they just threw the ball out. And as he said, very uncharacteristic for, for Wisconsin, so... Um, but yeah, the, the, the defensive intensity, it's goes back to what coach Hoiberg had said at the start of the year. If we want to be consistent and we want to be that good team, it starts on the defensive end. If the shots aren't falling for you they're they'll eventually go right. I mean, we're a good enough shooting team that will get shots to fall, but if we can prevent other teams from scoring, that's, that's really what it comes down to. And I just want to say the trend still holds that if we get to 71st, we <laughs> get win. to 70 folks, it was get 70 to, to 69 in overtime we got to 71st and that's all we got to do to win apparently so you know and i want to speak to this you mentioned the fact that you know you couldn't hear or whatever i was very 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 close to the court for this game and it was amazing to me because we you know obviously this is the first time i've ever sat where i sat very close to the court you don't realize how loud it is on the court when you're down there and all the noise is funneling onto the court it is easily twice as loud of what you ever think it is because everything is directed right at you. And I and I speak to this specific example. Uh, I was close to one of the wings on one side of the court. And on the opposite wing, you could see, I think it was Chucky Hepburn or whoever it may have been, Klesman, I don't remember. But they, I could see their lips move, whoever it was. And I couldn't hear them. And they were no more than 20 or 25 feet away. Yeah. Guys, it was so loud at PBA tonight. And all, everybody that was at that game deserves a huge pat on the back because what an amazing environment that was. Unbelievable. Yeah, and I haven't had a chance to listen to the post-game presser. Obviously, as you mentioned, we kind of went out and celebrated the, the festivities a little bit. But I think I saw just going through online something about Fred's quote about that's the best crowd he's seen at PBA since he's been here, you know, in the five years he's been here. 
it's, I mean, we talked about the Purdue game. We talk about every home game. It seems like how great the crowd has been this year. I don't know. That's one of the top, probably five Nebraska fan experiences I've had. Just the way, obviously the comeback always makes it more exciting. Jesus, if you had asked me in the first half, if that's one of my top five experiences. I would have said help. That's one of my maybe, bo- maybe bottom, bottom five. five. Yeah. <laughs> but, but man, at the end of the day, this is an entertainment business, right? We're, we're in it for, for entertainment. And, uh, I was thoroughly entertained today. I, I was, I love it. My, my voice is hoarse. I'm probably, I think I have one meeting tomorrow at work. So, uh, might be a little, little hoarse for that, but hopefully I don't have to talk to too many people, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think the, the, the game experiences for anybody that's never been to a game. I know obviously the, the crowd that we have, our community is fairly diehard Nebraska basketball fans. And I feel like a majority of them probably have had a chance to experience a game at PBA. But if you haven't and you get an opportunity to, I think it's got, it's got to be one of the better fan experiences that I've ever, you know, had. I mean, I've been to a handful of football stadiums. I've been to a handful of basketball stadiums, but when this crowd gets going in PBA, it's electric. It really is. It's really crazy to me. And again, another thing we talked about on the commute back here, the reason PBA to me, to me, is so unbelievably just unmatched when it comes to Husker fandom is number one, it's echoey, right? I mean, it's a trap stadium, right? It's as simple as that. But you have 15,000 people there. Most fans understand the game and the momentum and things like that, if not I shouldn't say that. There's a lot of bandwagons. But the ones that are diehards, they understand the game. They know when to cheer. They know when to get loud, all those types of things. But it's amazing how much the energy of the crowd truly influences what happens on the court. And football, you just don't feel that way. And you have four times, five times, six times as many people at Memorial Stadium. And I'm not saying it's not louder or whatever, but when you truly feel like you're impacting the game and making a difference, it makes that fandom – and, and stadium experience just so, so much more fun because you are directly impacting what's happening on the court. And I, I don't know why I went on that rant, but to me, and I would be interested to hear some of y'all's opinions and the replies to this, I think PBA at its best is far better than Memorial at its best. I, I just, it, it's a un, and obviously a little bit biased because I care about basketball more than football, but it's just unmatched. What happened tonight beats any football game I've ever been to, hands down. Yeah, I mean, the only one that I would, I mean, Michigan State in, what, 17, but that was like a 10-3 game, and Brandon Riley caught a cheesy touchdown where he wasn't actually forced out of bounds. That was a pretty good crowd. Miami, I think, in 2014 was a pretty good crowd at Memorial. Oregon in 16. Oregon in 16. I was at my sister's wedding. Shout out to my sister. I don't know if she'll listen to this one, but shout out to her for for having her wedding. I couldn't be happier for (laughs) her. No, that's not sarcastic. I couldn't be happier for her and her husband. They have a great family, and I I love them dearly. Um, And we got to watch the game at the wedding ceremony, or not the ceremony, the wedding reception anyway. So, Um, But, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the PBA crowd, like you said, if, if you're in a football crowd, um, A, I don't want to, you know, speak poorly on any fans, but I feel like the proportion of fans that want to cheer at PBA is higher than at Memorial, right? You have quite a few fans that don't really want to get up and be loud at Memorial, and that's okay. It's their experience too, whatever. But barring causing, like, a false start or something at a football game, I never really feel like my cheering is, is making a huge impact. I can specifically point out multiple turnovers where I was yelling to my fullest extent. And I feel like I did that. So, and maybe I didn't, I mean, obviously there's 15,000, <laughs> 14, yeah, there's 15,000 people there, but 
just that it's so intimate, I think, you know, right? It feels like you're doing it, which is just an, an, an incredible, incredible experience. So we've been going for every bit of probably 35, 40 minutes now. So we'll try to wrap this up. But if anybody else wants to speak their piece on their experience tonight, on their thoughts, obviously feel free to request. And uh, in the meantime, I'll try to wrap it up. But again, just what an unbelievable game, guys. This one, again, as we talked about earlier, not necessarily needed, but God, does it make the next two games and again, I speak to it, and, and I mentioned on the podcast as well, Nebraska basketball has this super odd trend of one step backward, two steps forward. That's exactly what happened. Right it's now. exactly yeah. what happened tonight, because now we're going to look at bracketology and all these things, and then we're going to get super high, and then we'll probably crash to Illinois. Fingers crossed we don't. But, like, tomorrow we're going to look at some of the bracketology stuff that comes out, and we'll probably be a seven seed. Yeah. Like, it, it's just and every single we have felt so down on this team so many different times already this year after yeah. Minnesota after Creighton after Rutgers after Iowa and we've slowly gotten better and better and better and better and better in the yeah. national eyes right we right. get high and low but in the national eyes our resume continues to get better and better despite the trip ups and the bad losses and all those types of things so it's just it's amazing it's such a weird dynamic that this team is following but and and I want to say this in maybe the most oddest weirdest just psycho way ever the roller coaster ride of nebraska basketball is what makes this so fun it just makes it it's like an, an addiction it right. makes it so fun because the highs are so high and the lows are try not to be low but for most people they're so pretty low, low. They're, they're pretty so low, low. Yeah. yeah i mean and shame on everybody that talks about firing Horryberg after every loss by the way it's ridiculous we're in the middle of a historic season so first of all table that at least until it's deserved but the lows are so low with, so the, low. with the general fan base, right? It's, so every time we try to, in our live episodes, just relax, relax. Aaron Rodgers, relax. relax. Yeah. Like you're yeah. going to lose games. But tonight, they did not. No, no. Um, yeah, just just incredible. It's, as you mentioned, you know, I even after this Maryland game, it's like, God, what a tough loss. You couldn't ask for a better start. And then... We get outboarded and outbigged and all this stuff, and that's just a tough loss. But then this team finds a way to bounce back at home in Asterix. But I just hope they can just steal one of these next two. Obviously, a win over you know Illinois would be massive on the road. They're ranked, so it's a tough matchup. They're a very athletic team. We'll get into more of that in our full episode, obviously. Um, and then after that, we were in Chicago for Northwestern, or Evanston, excuse me, for Northwestern. Um, but if we can just find a way to steal one of those two, I feel really good about where we, where we sit. Obviously, after those two, we'll have, I believe, nine games left in the season. Um, yeah, to four quad one wins then. K-State is a quad two right now, which is unfortunate. That could change, but we did lose the K-State quad one. Depends, yeah, depends how they perform down the stretch here in the, in the Big 12. But, yeah, you know, if we can just manage to get one of these two – don't I'm not gonna look I'm not looking forward I'm never you know one game I'm Mr. One game at a time if we can manage to get one of these next two I feel that we're sitting in the best spot we could you know at this point in the season uh and it's real funny because even if we do lose these next two I'm not I don't want to speak that into existence but hypothetically if we do I'm probably going to be down a little bit but if you told me we're a week into February and we're discussing bracketology and Nebraska's in not even not even like last four and we're like or like even first four buys. We might be even just past that. As it sits right now, we're at least a nine seed. Yeah. At so least a nine seed. I think, you know, in our season preview, 
if I recall correctly, you had asked me what a successful season looks like. I said I would be ecstatic if we make the tournament. I th- and I said I think this is probably an NIT team. As did I. I think I said NIT 2 seed. So, well, if we got the NIT 1. NIT is locked up, by the way, look. folks. <laughs> I just, I just want to say, if we're playing in the NIT and people have to come to PBA, just ship us out to Madison Square Garden already because we're going to make the, the Final Four of the NIT because no one beats us at PBA. But if, if at the start of the season you tell me where we're at right now, I, and I'm sure a vast majority of fans, could not be happier. So I think we just need to enjoy it. It's, a, it's been an amazing season, historic in many, many aspects. You know, the big wins, um, the, the, the comebacks, stuff like that. You know, the amount of scoring we're getting off the bench, uh, the, the way some people are playing. You know, Mast had a, you had a career night. He had um, shout out to his step back today or tonight. But um, a historic season in many aspects. And I think we just need to enjoy that. I know I am. I hope everybody else is. So, um Again, wrapping it up, what an unbelievable game by the Huskers. What a gritty, gutsy effort. It's so funny. We say that during wins, and we say when we lose, we lack guts and effort. So it's kind of funny how that works out. Never too high, never too low. Never too high, (laughs) never too low. You have to just try to ride the waves of emotion with a sense of calmness and not overreact as best you can. What an unbelievable win. Huskers defeat Wisconsin in overtime. I don't remember the final score. 72. God, you're good at that. Fun fact, before every episode I ask, Mike, I need the score. <laughs> what was the final score? Mike, yeah. what was the score? <laughs> but what a fun one. We'll have this again live tomorrow on uh, on Apple and Spotify uh, early in the morning so you can listen back to it. And, and uh, again, can't stress enough, we do this for everybody else, for having a yeah. forum to share the excitement, to share the joy, to share the heartbreak, to share all emotions that come with this because the Nebraska ball fandom is such a unique little pocket of Husker fandom in, in mass. And we're so glad that we can help lead a spear and a common community amongst all of us to, to share in it together. Yeah. And, and I just want to say one thing quick. It's, it's real funny. Obviously we started this because we're both passionate about Nebraska basketball. And at the end of the day, I'm just talking with my buddy about something we both love. And if you would have told me we have X amount of followers or people that listen, like I, I'd never believe where we're at. So I'm just so grateful for all the support we get and and just the community we have and all you guys that want to tune in and interact with us. I mean, it means the world to me. I never would imagine that we'd have a community that wants to listen to me and Blake shoot the (laughs) shit about Husker basketball, but here we are. And, and we do it for you guys. Um, You know, we, we just want to, you know, get a community. Obviously we're passionate and and I know that a lot of you guys are too. So um, just always thankful for the support y'all give. Yeah. So for myself, Blake and co-host Mike, Go Big Red. Go Big Red, baby.